Father's House Community Chapel. Word Whenever we come podcast. to church like this, it's now important to for us message. to pay attention to what God has to say. In the book of Numbers, chapter 11, the verse number 31, the Bible said, And there went forth a wind from the Lord. The wind came from the Lord, and it brought quails from the sea. And the Bible says, God let them fall by the camp, as it were a day's journey on this side, and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and as it were two cubits high, Upon the face of the earth. What wind is this? Is the wind of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 3, the verse number 7, it says, The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. Neither can you also tell where it is going. It says, So is every man that is born of the Spirit. So whenever the Holy Spirit is in town, he blows like a wind. And when he's blowing like a wind, like he blew in Numbers chapter 11 verse 31, he carries things along. And so whenever we come into the house of the Lord like this and the wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing, he's blowing the good gifts of God into our lives. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And the one who carries these gifts is the Holy Spirit. Tonight the Holy Spirit is here. Somebody's car has just arrived. Somebody's baby has just arrived. Somebody's husband has just arrived. Somebody's wife has just arrived. Somebody say amen. Amen. So whenever the Holy Spirit is in town, he blows like the wind. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. Throughout this conference, let this wind be blowing till Sunday in the mighty name of Jesus. May you receive a miracle you never expected. May you see the glory of God like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a big amen. Amen. And I like the theme of the program. Maturity Conference 2019. The men of understanding. The sons of Issachar. First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. It says, and of the children of Issachar, which were men of understanding. The Bible says that this man, the children of Issachar, they were men that had understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200. And the Bible says all their brethren were at their commandment. In other words, whenever you find a man who has understanding, he is in control of all affairs. People who are confused and don't know what to do, they submit to him. And he dictates to them. He guides them. He leads them and shows them the way. So I believe that by the time we are ending on Sunday, may all the men in the church be men who know what to do. How to love their wives. How to go about their jobs. I mean, how to do the things they have to do. So that people will willingly submit to them in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a big amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm sitting by somebody who has understanding.
So in other words, if you want to under, if you want to define understanding, you will say that it is knowing what to do at every particular point in time. Says the children of Issachar, the Bible said that they were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So a man of understanding is somebody who knows exactly what to do. So you don't even have to have been born in a good home where your mother was loving your father, your father was loving your mother to also know how to love your wife in the house. Once the spirit of understanding comes upon you, the thing which was missing in you, it is put inside you. So your life can actually be better than, than that of your father's. And your marriage can be better than that of your mother's. I pray that the spirit of understanding will rest upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. And understanding is a function of the mind. I want you to follow me. Just, just, just introductory comments. Say amen. amen. Mercy. They're just introductory comments. So when we talk about understanding, it's a function of the mind. And your mind has eyes. And sometimes your eyes can become blind to things around you. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, the verse number 15, uh, reading upwards, Paul said, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and your love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It says when the spirit of revelation and wisdom comes upon a man, it has an effect. It says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So when the spirit of revelation comes upon a man, the eyes of the understanding of the man is enlightened. In other words, the person sees things that he didn't used to see before. The person knows things he didn't used to know before. The person has an unusual understanding of the things around him. Somebody say amen. amen. So for you to have understanding, one of the things you need is the spirit of revelation. Everybody shout the spirit of revelation. Everybody shout again, the spirit of revelation. Tonight, I want to start talking about what I call the spirit of revelation. Tomorrow, I continue. The spirit of revelation. It says, when you have the spirit of revelation, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. There is a story in the Bible. I mean, I would like, to, I would like us to use to really understand how this spirit really operates. Somebody say Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 21. We'll read for some time. Genesis chapter 21. Do you know that in the olden days, whenever they go to church, one of the things they did was that the scriptures were read. And if anybody had an understanding of it, it came to interpret it. And so whenever we come to church, we must not get tired of hearing the word of God and reading it. Many of us don't even read our Bibles. The only time we read it is when we come to church. And so sometimes when we come to church, it's good. It's a good practice for us to have the word of God read to us and explained to us. And I know that this is a church where the word of God, the unadulterated word of God is preached. 
Genesis 21, reading from the verse number 1. It says, and the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. May the Lord visit you in this program. The Lord visited Sarah means that God remembered them. May the Lord remember somebody in this program. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Whatever word God has spoken concerning your life for 2019, it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. Not one of it will fall to the ground in the name of Jesus. The Bible said, God said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my mouth. So what God has spoken unto Abraham before, and said that at the set time next year, by this time, Sarah will carry a baby. He says, God did according to what he said. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Man can fail. But as for God's word, it cannot fail. So God did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time of which God has spoken to him. So there is a set time for everything. Sometimes we are in a hurry. Sometimes we are not patient. Sometimes there is a time. You know, one of the things about life is that sometimes we become so worried about things we shouldn't worry about. Sometimes we enter into unhealthy competition with other people. You are 32. Somebody got married at 22. You think that you are 10 years behind. It's not true. Everybody has his time. He hath made all things beautiful in his time. He has set the world also in their hearts. So in God's own time, he makes everything beautiful. I came to tell somebody that your time is coming. I said your time for glorification is coming. Your time for giving God praise is also coming. I said your time for giving God a testimony and testifying in the house of God is also coming. If you believe, shout a big amen. Time to somebody tell the person your time is coming. So there is a set time where God releases whatever blessing he wanted to release. And so at the set time of which God has spoken to Abraham, Sarah conceived and bare him a son in his old age. And Abraham called the name of a son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare him, Isaac. And Sarah and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old as God commanded him. So there are times where God has given us commandments and we must make sure that the commandments God has given to us, we obey it. Many times we love to pray, we love to sing, we love to give good offerings, but many times it's difficult for us to obey the simple words of God. Don't fornicate. Pay tithe. Don't squeeze any girl. I'm preaching. We are in an air condition. I don't want anybody to start sweating. (laughs) So the commandments that God gave to Abraham, Abraham just obeyed it to the letter. So the Bible says that he circumcised, hey, Dr. Bright, good to see you. He circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God commanded him. And Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. When I read this, it means that nobody is too old to receive a miracle from God. And nobody is also too young to receive a miracle from God. No matter how stubborn your problem is, with before God, all things are possible. 
may any impossible situation in your life become possible in the name of Jesus. Through this conference, may you encounter the, the God of possibilities. Through this conference, may you see the goodness of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe, shout, I believe. And clap your hands together for Jesus. You are not too old to receive a miracle from God. A hundred year old man was receiving miracles. You are only 22 and you are worried. Your miracle is on the way coming. I said your miracle is on the way coming. One man called Derek Prince. He said when he thought it was over for him, that was when his worldwide ministry actually began. At the, at the age of 60. Another one is Joyce Mayer. When people were retiring, that was when her ministry was actually starting. A worldwide international ministry. So as for God, nobody can actually understand him. Somebody say amen. amen. Put somebody tell the person, you are not too old for a miracle. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that here with me shall laugh with me. It says, all that here shall laugh with me. Some of you have not been smiling. Things have been hard. Things have been difficult. You've wept. You've been through so many difficult situations. Sometimes you, go, you are going through things and you come to church. You are smiling. You are clapping your hands. You are giving people high fives and doing all the things you can do flowing in the church. But nobody knows that you're actually hurting on the inside. Sarah was cooking, taking care of the guests of Abraham and all that. But then she had not laughed. But then God visited her and made her laugh. This year, may the Lord visit you and make you laugh. I said, may the Lord visit you and make you laugh. I said, may the Lord visit you and make you laugh. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. Turn to somebody, tell them, say, this year you shall laugh by all means. May the Lord make you smile again. Weeping may endure for an hour by your joy. It cometh in the morning. Receive the joy of the Lord. I said, receive the joy of the Lord. Receive the joy of the Lord. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. For Sarah said, who would have told Abraham that Sarah should give children sack? For I have born unto him a son in his old age. Who is he that saith a thing and it cometh to pass when God has not commanded it? The doctor is not the final authority on your health. The lawyer is not the final authority on your marriage. Man can say it is over, but God can actually be declaring this is rather the beginning. So I came to tell somebody, whatever men have told you you cannot do, I came to announce to you that men are not God. I said men are not God. That man is not God. That woman is not God. May God do for you what men have said is impossible in the name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. With men, this shall be impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. So men said, that Sarah, oh, her time is past. Nothing good can happen. But God said that you are not about to begin. Push your neighbor to your neighbor. It's not over for you at all. Push another person to the person. It's not over for you at all. You are 38 years and so what? Your husband is not coming. You will have the most beautiful wedding we have ever had in this church. I said you will have the most beautiful wedding we have ever had in this church. 
If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. Put somebody tell the person, my time they come. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Abraham was so blessed that every occasion was calling for a party. Cutting breast milk also for a child was calling for a party. Some of you, since the day you've been born, you have never, they've never done any party for you. Even the little one they tried to do for you by giving you an egg on your birthday. Your brothers and your sisters, they came to take some. But this year, there'll be parties in your house. I said, there'll be shouts of joy in your house. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. That when your child is being weaned, you're organizing a, not a small party, a great party. Great feast. You are killing cows, killing goats, not sharing eggs. So you are killing cows. I'm preaching, not giving so below. <laughs> you are sharing champagne like water in the house. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. <laughs> what a shock! <laughs> and Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian which he had born unto um, Abraham mocking. You know, I grew up in um, a house of boys. We're four boys. And um, it's normal for boys to be in the house and be mocking at one another. Sometimes your brother can be sleepy. You come and sprinkle water on him and enter under the bed. He'll wake up and say, ah, who came to pour water on me? And be searching the whole room. Go out. When he goes out, then you come out of the, under the bed. And sometimes when you're not lucky, he'll meet you at the gate. And the beatings that will follow... <laughs> I mean, it's normal for boys to be playing around, playing games, doing pilolo, I mean, playing chaskele. Some of you grew up in this Kanda estates and uh, um, Latte, Bayo, Koshi, those areas. And so you don't really understand this um, kind of things I, I'm saying. But if you went to a school like I went, I mean, these things were normal. <laughs> Very normal. Sempe, sempe five. I mean, when we close from school, Sempe 5, Sempe 6, same, up to Sempe 13. All of us, we have clothes together. And we are going home. Hey! Tank Council Land boys, Flamingo boys, Zamramalan boys, Banana Inn boys. We are throwing stones. I mean, it's normal for somebody to be playing with you. But you see, Sarah was the one that pushed Abraham into this whole mess. Sarah had heard Abraham complaining to God that he had made him childless. And the steward of his house was this Eliezer. And when Sarah heard those complaints from the mouth of Abraham, she decided to do something about the situation. If you haven't subscribed yet, do well to hit the subscribe button for new episodes. Do well to join our Wednesday teaching service and Friday worship service both from 6pm to 8.30pm. And Sunday family service from 8.30am to 11 o'clock am and you will be blessed.
Abraham said, well, I'm aware. I, I, I think that. Is it, is it? Okay, okay, okay. You bring her to the room today and let's see what will happen. <laughs> let's see if I like her or not. Do you think he liked her? I think he liked her. He knew what to do. <laughs> not knowing that Abraham himself had been eyeing the girl long ago. <laughs> As for men, don't try them with these things. Oh. Don't try them at all. <laughs> Hey, you don't give a, you don't put fish by a cat. No, 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 no. And tell the cat to be watching over the fish. It knows what to do. I tell you. So, I mean, Hagar became pregnant, gave birth. Sarah was happy, of course, because she felt that, I mean, through her servant, I mean, now she's giving a son to the husband. But when God visited her, and she also had her own, what was just a normal child's play? Jealousy entered into the heart of Sarah. We must be careful of jealousy. We must not be jealous of one another. When you let, if you let the song last Sunday and another person is leading it this Sunday, clap your hands and support the person. If you preach last Sunday and it, the people said it was good, and this Sunday another person is preaching and they are clapping and they are standing for him, go to the person and say, brother, you did very well. Don't have pain in your heart. Jealousy is a dangerous thing. Two children just playing. The mother misunderstood the whole thing. Be careful of jealousy and enviness. He says, where envying and bitter strife is, he says, this wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Where jealousy prevails, an evil spirit is in the place. It doesn't matter their condition in the place. Once there is enviness and jealousy, the devil is there. <laughs> Push your neighbor to your neighbor, don't be jealous of me. Sometimes sisters can just be jealous of one another just because of the hairstyle. Just because of a shoe. A shoe which the sister even borrowed to bring to church. It can create a problem. We suck jealousy out of the church. This church is not a church where jealousy is at all. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was grievous in the sight of Abraham because of the Lord. And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous unto thee because of the Lord and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah has said unto thee, Hearken unto her voice. There are times when you have to listen to your voice, the voice of your wife, and there are times when you also don't have to listen to her. I've listened to my wife before. It cost us 10,000 Ghana cities. <laughs> and I've also listened to my wife before. The blessings it brought was also thousands, but the loss was heavier. <laughs> the loss. I hope she's not watching this anywhere. <laughs> the loss was heavier. 10,000. I mean, if I put all the times I've listened to her, the blessings it has brought. I, I'm not sure it's up to 5,000 yet. <laughs> I'm preaching. So, you must discern and know when to listen to your wife. Because sometimes as your wife is talking to you, you know women, they look like angels. Oh, look at Mrs. Natty. <laughs> 
like an angel, harmless. She cannot harm. She doesn't know how to talk. Very gentle. But only Reverend Nate can tell us. <laughs> I'm preaching. And when a woman is giving you an advice, you cannot tell where the advice is coming from. Whether it's out of jealousy or out of enviness or out of pain or out of something, you cannot tell. Or even out of her insecurity. You cannot tell. And so you must be discerning. Women are nice. We like them. And we love them. We are happy we are married to them. But you must also be careful in dealing with them. I'm preaching. The reason why God said to Abraham to listen to her is because she brought you into the mess. And she's the one who is also taking you out of the mess. And God said to Abraham, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Also of the son of this bondwoman, I will make a nation. We are in 14 now. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. This is a very painful situation. Men don't play with their children. Especially the boys that are born unto them. Men don't play with them. So, yeah, I mean, Abraham, it was a very difficult situation. I mean, putting away Hagar, fine. But to put away his firstborn son, after all these years of waiting, I mean, it was too much for him. But he had to, because God has spoken. So Abraham rose up early in the morning. He took bread and a bottle of water. He gave it unto Hagar, putting it on his shoulder and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. She was from the land of Egypt, but I'm sure she was taken when she was a little child. So now that she was being sacked, she had lost the way back to the land of Egypt. So she began to wander in the wilderness. Very difficult situation. It was so difficult that Abraham could not even give her a GPS map to show her the way to where she was supposed to go. So difficult that Abraham could not also tell her that God is going to make a great nation out of this boy. He, didn't, he couldn't tell the, the, the girl anything. And I'm sure as for Sarah, she was in the bedroom and saying, have you sent her away? Very difficult situation. Think about it. Sometimes when you are reading the word of God, think about it. If you are to be Abraham, how difficult it would have been for you? Very difficult situation. And she departed. And she began to wonder. And the water was spent in the bottle. And she cast the child under one of the shrubs. It means that they walked for a while. The bread got finished. The water got finished. You know, you can do without food, but not without water. After three days, many, many times, when you're even doing dry fasting, after three days dry, you, you cannot continue any longer without water. Water must come in. Are you in the church? So, they must have walked at least, maybe, after the water got finished, maybe three days. Because after, without the bread, they could have gone a number of days. But without water, maybe three days. Without water. And when things became difficult, and the child was about to die, Hagar threw the child under one of the shrubs. Another difficult situation. And she went and sat over against him. Mm. A good way off. As it were, a bow shot. So she cast the child under one of the shrubs and went to sit somewhere where she could see the child. And the Bible says, she said, let me not see the death of the child. It's a painful thing for a mother to bury her own child. Nobody here shall bury your child in your lifetime. I said, you will not bury enough of your children in your lifetime. 
I said, you will never bury any of your children in your lifetime. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. It's your children who must grow rather. When you die in your old age, they give you a befitting funeral. Not for you to be burying them. It will never be the portion of anybody here. Somebody say amen. amen. And she sat over against him, lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the Lord. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. Fear not. For God had heard the voice of the Lord where he is. Sometimes when you get to a place where you have to cry, cry. Because sometimes your tears, it can move God. When it gets to the place where you have to cry, cry. Let the tears come out. Because in this case, in this case, God heard the voice of both of them. And heard the voice of the child. And the angel said to, uh, 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 to, to Hagar, he said, arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine arms. For out of him I will make a great nation. And God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. The well of water was around all this while, but because of discouragement, she became blind to the well. Discouragement blinds. Fear clouds your vision. You cannot see. When a man is discouraged, he doesn't see hope any longer. Why would somebody commit suicide? The person commits suicide because he feels that his situation is a hopeless situation. And whenever you get to such a place, I mean, one lady called me from Koforidia. She was about to die. I was asked that. She said she wanted to commit suicide. So I said, if you want to commit suicide, is it a pastor you will call? If you want to die, is it a pastor you will call? It means you don't want to die. You want to live. So I asked her, why do you want to commit suicide? He said, my boyfriend has left me. I said, so, ah, if your boyfriend has left you, move on. He said, no, no, pastor, you don't understand. The things I have done with this boy, the things he had, he had made me do, the abortions, the whatever, it, I mean, it's too much. And when he was leaving me, he said to me that he would tell everybody I know. And he said, I'm afraid of the shame. So I feel like taking my life away. So I have the DDT in front of me. I'm about to drink it to die. I said, you don't want to die. If you really wanted to die, you wouldn't have called me. And I asked them a question. I asked them. I said, "Ah, how many of your relatives do you think that this guy knows? So she started to mention their names. One, I mean, then she got about eight. Then she couldn't continue any longer. I said, that should be about it. And I said, only eight people. Do you know how many people are in Ghana? She said, yes, about 24 million people. And I said, if 24 million people, if you want to do the percentage, you want to strike the percentage, 8 out of 24 million who will just hear about the abortions you have committed. What is that? He said, Pastor, you are saying something. (laughs) By the time we finished, she didn't have to kill herself. And she's still living up to today. Because when you are discouraged, when you are discouraged, you become blind. You cannot see any longer. That's why discouragement is a very terrible thing. When Elijah got there, he said to God that God should kill him for him to die right now. And discouragement is a witchcraft attack. And whenever you have depression that lasts more than a day, suspect that witchcraft is fighting your destiny. Don't joke with it. 
So Hagar became blind to the well of water. The well of water was right by her. But then she couldn't see it. Until the angel of the Lord opened her eyes by the spirit of revelation. I came to tell somebody today, something you need for your future is already in your life waiting for discovery. Something you need very much for your life, for your calling, for your gifting, for your future to become so bright is already inside your, of your life. It's merely awaiting your discovery of that particular thing. Sometimes you are walking about roaming, looking for the things which are already by you. Sometimes you are waiting to employ somebody from far away when there is somebody right by your nose who has all the qualifications you are looking for in the foreigner. The person is just right by you, but your eyes are blind to the fact that you cannot see. Something very important in your life. Someone you need today who can help you even in the future. Maybe around your life, but you are not paying attention to the person. And you are disregarding the person. And whatever you don't see, and I mean, whatever is not, you don't discover, is difficult for you to really honor. Whatever is not revealed to you, is difficult for you to really honor. And whatever you don't honor works out of your life. There is a gift inside you. There are people God has given to you who can help you to rise in your life personally, on a personal level, in your ministry, in your education, to make it in life. But then something is preventing you from seeing that particular thing. Everything you need to rise is already inside you, already around you, merely awaiting your discovery of it. The spirit of revelation it was not a vision that, I mean, Hagar saw and saw the well of water. It was a physical well of water. But then she had become blind to it. So when we talk about the spirit of revelation, we are not talking about a mystical experience per se. We are not talking about you seeing an angel per se. We are not talking about Jesus appearing to you per se. But sometimes it is just a matter of putting one, two, and three together and coming to the realization that this woman is meant to be in my life. That man is meant to be in my life. That girl is meant to be in my life. I will accept them instead of fighting them. And then your breakthrough has actually begun. The spirit of revelation. So if there is anything we need to have understanding is the spirit of revelation. Jesus came to Nazareth. He was doing miracles, mighty miracles. People were hailing him everywhere he was going. He came to his own hometown. When he came, they saw him. They said that from whence has this man these things? And what are these things that, where did they get these things from? Well, I mean, what wisdom is this that God has given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought of his hands? But then they made a mistake. They began to analyze him. In Mark 6, 3, they said, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Are his brothers not, I mean, James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? They were analyzing Jesus Christ. They couldn't see the Messiah in the Kobolo boy 
who was around them. Sometimes because we have grown up with some people, even when God is doing a work inside them, we become blind to it and we cannot see it. You need revelation. The spirit of revelation. The Bible said, Jesus could there do no miracle in the verse number 5. He could there do no miracle. Save that he laid his hands on a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled at their unbelief in the verse number 6. And when he marveled at their unbelief, he left there and began to teach in the villages. So what you fail to recognize, what you fail to discover, it can walk away from your life. It can be taken away from you. That's why sometimes people die before people even come to see the value of the person. So my prayer for us in this conference is that God give unto all of us the spirit of revelation. That whatever we need in our lives now that we cannot see, we can be able to see it. You know what stirred this message in me was that one day, I think some years ago, I had a vision. The only maybe time that I had what they call a trance. I, I had finished praying for some time and I just wanted to sleep. As soon as I lay on the bed, I mean, it was like I was, I was in another realm. And I saw a ring on this index finger of mine. It was not a gold ring. It was, not, it was just an ordinary, I mean, silver-colored ring. Not silver. It was just an ordinary ring. It was on my index finger. So I saw it and said, ah, but I have a wedding ring. Why, why is this? Why is this ring on my hand? So I removed the ring and I threw it on the bare floor. And I mean, it was a hard floor. And as it fell, any time it fell, it turned into a gold ring. Any time it fell, so it was just multiplying. Any time it fell, it became a gold ring, it became a gold ring, it became a gold ring, it was going. Then I heard the voice, stretch forth your hand and take it. As soon as I stretched forth my hand to take it, I came back into myself. And the Lord said to me, the people in your life now never throw anybody away. All the things you are currently doing, never throw any of it away. I was getting to a place where the crusades were even becoming frustrating. Because sometimes as you are doing the crusades, the money involved, the pressure it comes with. Then apart from even the money, then you have to pray and believe God for signs and wonders. And believe God. And the greatest miracle God can give in a church is not for a broken leg to become straight, but for a hardened criminal to become born again. It's the greatest, it's the greatest miracle you can think about. So sometimes we come to church and say, oh, there is no miracle in the church. Meanwhile, your pastor is preaching and people are giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And they keep coming to church every Sunday. And you don't know that that is a very great miracle. For somebody to see alcohol which he used to drink at first, and now when he sees the same alcohol, it smells to him. It's, it's a fantastic miracle you can think about. So something you already have is calling for your attention. But it's just that you cannot see it. So God said to me, continue. So everybody, so from that day I made a, a slogan for myself. I will never sack anybody from my life. All my relationships are forever. Except the person decides to walk away. Except the person decides to walk away. Sometimes you are quarreling with your wife. But if you just had a revelation of who you are in her life. One of the things I have come to understand from my personal marriage is that Coming together to marry 
is, is a calling. It's a destiny. Sometimes there is an assignment God wants you to do or have in a particular family. That is why he's sending you there. But sometimes we lose the realization. We lose, uh, 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 we become blind to this fact. And we begin to quarrel, we begin to fight, we begin to sack, sack one another. We think that we don't deserve one another. We don't belong to one another. I'm preaching. Why are you so quiet to me now? Somebody in your life that you are, you are trying to suck out of your life. Maybe the gold you need tomorrow. Maybe the gold you need tomorrow. I have been preaching. I don't know anybody in America. I, don't, I mean, even my family members, they don't even mind me. I was preaching last October in um, Saboba. Northern region far away. One man called. He said they want to partner with a crusade group in Accra. And they have not, they've, they've been looking for some, and then they went to see the, a certain friend of mine. The friend, my friend said, Oh, they, 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 are, they are tired of crusades for now, so they are not doing it. So my friend directed him to me, so he came. So when he came, we went for the crusade. He said, Before they would give us a peswa to commit to anything, they want to see what we do with our money. So the man followed us. We went to the crusade. I preached the first night, preached in the morning, preached in the night. The man said, Wow, this voice. It must come to America. Oh, me, I just said that. Oh, I mean, it's just one of those things. I wasn't moved at all. I'm not moved. Money doesn't move me. Car doesn't move. Nothing moves me because I've been around for some time. I'm not old, but I've been around for some time. <laughs> Promises. I've had church members come to me, tell me that all the windows in the church, we are going to do it. After one year, they've run away from the church. I had a man come to the church one day. He looked at the ceiling. He said, can you please organize some experts to come and check? So we organized experts. They took my money. They checked the, the ceiling. Eh? That man, I've not seen him up to today. I've seen all kinds of things before. I'm preaching. So the guy came all the way in that dusty place in Saboba. So he left. And when he left, he started calling me in December. He said, you must come to America. I said, me? I said, I'm okay here. My calling is in Ghana. I have not complained about Ghana at all. I love Ghana. I'll be here. And I'm here. And he sent me some documents. He said, I should go and apply for a visa. I said, oh, yeah, I don't know what to do. I, I, so the pressure he was giving me, I decided to do it to just please him. To just please him. But through that, doors are opening. Something you need for your future is already inside your life. Waiting for your discovery. Of it. Some of you, your pastor is the greatest blessing God has given to you. But it's just that your eyes have not opened to see it. And as you are hearing this message also, also, I pray that the people in your life will have a personal revelation of who you are in their lives. Tonight, before I close, I want to share with you the dangers of walking without revelation. What are the dangers of walking without revelation? Number one, when you are without revelation, the Bible says in the Genesis 21, the verse number 14, the, the Bible says that, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When you lack revelation, the first thing that happens to you is that you become a wanderer. You become an unstable person. Moving from church to church, from prophet to prophet, because you lack revelation. 
from one husband to another husband. Divorcing all the time. Until divorce becomes so easy for you. Meanwhile, when you ask those who are married and divorced before, they tell you that, oh, the first one is better. If you think I'm lying, just Google uh, Mami Dokuno's testimony to delay and you will see that video. Ah. Is the first one here better cry? Second one, when you say, but he looked good, had all the raps. I mean, what have you? So, delay as they have you regretted, he said, is the biggest regret of her life to have left the first husband. When you lack revelation, you become an unstable person. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say you are John the Baptist, some say you are Elias, others Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. But who say ye? That I am. Simon Peter lifted up his hand and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Revelation. Then he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He was not calling Peter's name. He was talking about the revelation he had. He said, when you have revelation, it makes you stable. Revelation makes you stable. When you know that this is the man you are supposed to marry, no matter what happens, you will stick by him. When you know that this woman is the woman you are supposed to marry, no matter how, whatever, you overlook her mistakes and stick with her. But when you lack revelation, you say, oh, I don't think that she's the one for me. I don't think that we don't match. Meanwhile, when people are coming together to get married, you ask them, why do you want to marry? Oh, we complement one another. We are compatible. Yeah, we flow. Yeah, pastor, there's some chemistry between us. So where did the physics go? <laughs> and the social studies go? So there's like some chemistry between us. So revelation, when you lack revelation, you become unstable. This Sunday you are in church. Another Sunday you are in another church. This month you have paid your tithe here. Another, another month you are paying your tithe elsewhere. This year you are giving money in this church to support the church. Another time you are supporting somebody else's ministry. And sitting there and looking at your pastor's face. When they mention 5,000 you are sitting down. You have just finished giving 2,000 to somebody. You are looking at your pastor's face. Say pastor things are hard. I'm preaching. When you lack revelation, you become an unstable person. Be careful of people who don't know who you are. Be careful of people who don't understand who you are in their lives. Be careful of people who don't have a personal revelation of who you are to them. Such people can leave you midstream. They can easily leave you. Because people who lack revelation, they are wondrous. They are wondrous. They have itchy ears. They are always moving around. Be careful of them. Huh? Sometimes they'll, they'll fold their arms like that. You ask them, what are you doing? Say, we, are, we are downloading things from the spirit. <laughs> Amazingly, you may think, that's what I was telling you, that revelation is not being mystical. It's not being mystical. Be careful of those mystical brothers. When worship is going on, they have folded their arms. Brother, why are you like that? You say, hmm. 
Spirits are coming and they are going. They are moving on your head. Not or not, they are coming and going. They are moving on your head. I'm preaching. Push your neighbor, tell your neighbor, be stable. So revelation, it makes people stable. When you have revelation, you know that this is the man. You know that this is the woman. When Adam saw if he said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Revelation. When he saw her, something moved inside. He didn't see any vision. He was not mystical. He closed his eyes. Made his, his face bono. He's seen something. No. As soon as he saw her, I mean, he just knew that no, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Stability. Stability. So when the problem came, they were together. They ate the apple together. <laughs> They were together. I'm preaching. Whoever said it was, it was an apple anyway. But we said we always say it's an apple. Push your neighbor. Tell your neighbor you need revelation. Push your neighbor. Tell your neighbor you need revelation. To become stable. Yeah. And sometimes this revelation I'm talking about is just putting one, two, and three together. And coming to the point that no, this thing is an important thing. Sometimes when you even have to look at the way you have to move into this area and now you even have to discover this church, you must understand that your being in this church is by calling. It's a destiny thing. It wasn't by mistake at all. What men call a mistake before God is a divine arrangement. Number two, when you lack revelation, your supply, it runs out. In Genesis 21 verse 15. And the water in the bottle was spent. The water in the bottle, it was spent. So when you lack revelation, your supply, it runs out. Because whenever God reveals something to you, he shows you the way, you are sure that he will also provide for you. You know when we were younger, we used to live at the banana inn. I mean, there was this old Milo Marathon thing they used to do. I don't know if they still do it. And they would start from somewhere around um, Kolebu or somewhere. I don't know where they start from. Teshi, and then they end at Dansuma Keep Fit Club. Nungwa, and they end at, yeah. But they pass through Kolebu thereabouts. And one of the things that happens is that on the route, they have these um, little um, um, umbrellas under which were Milo uh, barrels. So in case you are part of the marathon and you get there, you are tired, you go there and then they give you um, some of the Milo. So some of the Kobolo boys in my area, every year they register. <laughs> every year they just register. And they drink the Milo, drink, 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 drink. By the time they get to Kolebu, they get tired and then they just get drop out and come home. And we, we, we laugh. When God also is leading you, there are supply umbrellas on the road. Anywhere you get to that you need money, the money will be there. Anything you need, the provision will be there. So when God is leading you by revelation, your supply will never run out. What did God, what did Jesus say to uh, 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 Peter? He said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you lose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. Revelation brings supply. It gives you things. It gives you things. I'm preaching. 
Push somebody, tell the person you need revelation this year. Push another person, tell the person you need revelation this year. So anytime money gets finished, you've got to ask yourself, am I in the perfect will of God? When there is no money to do the wedding, you have to ask yourself, are we doing the right thing? The date we have chosen, is it the right date? You have to check. I'm preaching. Number three, when you walk without revelation, you can be frustrated with your gift. She cast her child under one of the shrubs. Her child was her gift. But she became frustrated with the child. Why do I know? Because that child, the angel said, out of him will I make a great nation. So that was her biggest blessing. But because she lacked revelation, she cast that child under one of the shrubs. I'm preaching. So when you lack revelation, you can become frustrated with your marriage, frustrated with your boss, frustrated with your mother, frustrated with your father, frustrated with your child, frustrated with your friend, frustrated with everything inside your life. Because you lack revelation. You become so frustrated with everything, you can run away from everything. Because you lack revelation. I pray for somebody that after this conference, may we be men and women of supernatural understanding who are walking by revelation. Push your neighbor, tell your neighbor, walk by revelation, walk. Oh, push another person, tell the person, walk by revelation, walk by revelation. She became so frustrated. I pray that frustration will never be your portion. I said, I pray that frustration will never be your portion. I said, I pray that frustration will never be your portion. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. So sometimes before you walk away, you have to ask yourself, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? I was just in counseling with some um, young guy. I'm a young lady. Wants to marry somebody. The person has proposed to her. Blah, blah, blah. But she doesn't have a certain type of feeling toward the guy. So she came to see me. I said, Pastor, what do you see? I said, I don't see anything. But I can only chat with you and ask you a few questions. So I began to chat with her. I said, what's your problem with this guy? He said, oh, the guy. I don't know, but you see, we don't really, really agree. I said, if you, say you don't agree, what do you mean? He said, he likes giving orders. I said, is that all? He said, oh, yes, Pastor, that's my only problem. Then I asked, does he call you? He said, Pastor, all the time. How often does it call? It's a minimum three times a day. How long do you talk? At least one hour. I said, hey. <laughs> you are blessed. You are blessed. You don't need to see an angel to make you know that this is the guy you have to marry. And I said to her, I asked her, have you had sex with him before? She said, no. Has he tried to touch you before? He said, she said, no. I said, all these things you are talking about, eh? people who have had sex, eh, they don't talk about this. Because they are so emotionally attached, they overlook all these things. So I said to her, this thing you are afraid of, the day you do your wedding, you go for honeymoon, after three days, that thing you will not see it again. That feeling you are having, you will not have it again. Because love, when you love, love is also emotional at a point. Love is also emotional. It will help you to overlook these things. You easily submit to him and you flow. So I said, if you ask me, I've asked you ten questions, 
Only one is out. That's nine over ten. The guy, he qualifies to be your husband. Putting one, two, and three together. That's it. But you know, sometimes the devil traps people. You are 34. This is the guy who has come. Calling you all the time. You leave him. When are you going to find one again? I believe in the God of all possibilities. But when the opportunity also comes, learn to grab the opportunity. I'm preaching. I declare an end to all frustrations in the name of Jesus. I said, I declare an end to all frustrations in the name of Jesus. I said, I declare an end to all frustrations in the name of Jesus. If you believe, shout a big amen. amen. Number four, when you lack revelation, you burn out. You burn out. You don't feel like preaching again. You don't feel like praying again. You don't feel like singing again. You don't feel like doing anything again. Because you lack revelation. Sometimes a chorister, you are singing. You feel, sometimes you see, choristers, you sing. You see, but my problem with a lot of choristers is that you don't love to pray. And to read the word of God. You rely on the people lifting their hands to give you encouragement. You rely on the people clapping their hands to give you encouragement that you are doing well. But you see, worship and praise is not something we are doing for the people. We are doing it for God. I'm preaching. And when you lack revelation about praise and worship, you can easily burn out and think that it's because of groundnut soup you ate. That is how come the song is not going well. Meanwhile, it's because you have not actually prayed and read your Bible. Revelation. When you lack it, you can burn out. The Bible says, she cast the child under one of the shrubs. She sat over against him a good way off. As it were, a bow shot. She said, let me not see the death of this child. And the Bible said, she lifted up her voice and she wept. She became dry. She didn't think about praying and calling upon God. I'm preaching. She never thought about it. Her mind did not go there. Somebody say amen. In the spiritual dryness in your spirit, we take it away in the name of Jesus. Receive the spirit of revelation tonight. Receive the spirit of revelation tonight. Receive the spirit of revelation tonight. If you believe, shout a big amen. And clap your hands together for Jesus. So she became dry. And finally, when you lack revelation, you break down emotionally. And once you break down emotionally, all your fences are broken. Your defense is taken away. Demons can come. The devil can talk to you. The devil can accuse you to yourself and affect you. So the Bible says, she lifted up her voice and she wept. She gave it all up. When you become emotionally wounded, there are some brothers who can take advantage of you. Unpreachable. When you become emotionally wounded, you become so vulnerable to just anything and some people will just take advantage of you. When you lack revelation, you break down easily. But as soon as you have revelation, you receive strength. She was broken. But when the revelation came, the same person who was broken 
who did not want to see the child die, she gained strength in the verse number 19. She went and filled the bottle with water. And the walls they had in those days, you have to go down into it, fetch the water and climb up. And so she went down, fetched the water into the bottle and climbed up and came to give the lad drink. So revelation, it brought a strength. When you know what to do, you are emotionally strong. A wise man is strong. A man of knowledge, he increases strength. So once you have revelation, your strength will increase. So people as are close tonight, before we continue tomorrow, I came to make you understand that before you can be a man of understanding, before you can be a woman of understanding, what you need is the spirit of revelation. Revelation will give you unusual understanding. It is not movement. No. Unusual revelation. When you have the spirit of revelation, the physics you have been struggling with it will become so easy for you to understand. Even the Bible you have been struggling to understand, when you read it, it will be easy for you to understand. I'm preaching. So as I close, what did Paul say? You have written that scripture already, Ephesians 1, 15. He says, Wherefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of revelation. If this was a prayer Paul was praying for the church, we can pray it for ourselves. And say, God, give us the spirit of revelation. Who would have thought that in a village somewhere, somebody can discover me from somewhere and call me that I should come and preach in his church? In the village somewhere. Something you are doing now has the key to your future. But it's just that you have not. That God, give unto me the spirit of revelation. Lift up your voice, begin to pray. Pray to God. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Put the scripture up please. Ephesians 1, 17. If you have your Bible on your phone or your mobile, um, whatever, iPad or something, you can take it. This is the way to pray this prayer for yourself. You say, so when you are praying, you say, that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me, you can mention your name, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Everybody declare after me. That you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me, please mention your name. Let's, let's start again. So when we gather, you mention your name. That you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of my understanding, 
thank you for listening. The eyes of my mind. Be enlightened. Follow us on Twitter. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and we're going to pray for yourself. You can also send us your feedback and testimonies via email to info at fhcconline.org. FHCC, Raising Ambassadors for the Kingdom.